My guest is Adriana Roca, EC Global Solutions. Adriana has been a mainstay inside of the market research industry, focusing on a couple of big companies, GMI, Rob Monster back in their early days. Those of you who are old enough knew he is turned into GMI, Lightspeed, and uh, now I think just Lightspeed. Those of you that are in Latin America know who she is. Her company is growing rapidly. She really breaks down their core value prop and how they're bringing value to their customers consistently by creating innovation through HBO Go panels, leveraging trending shows, and using non-traditional incentives like badges to certify community members as experts. This is a great episode, understanding entrepreneurship also through the lens of a woman in context of being a software engineer, entrepreneur, and CEO. I hope you find a lot of value and fun in it. And as always, please take the time to share this episode. Have a great day. My guest today on the Happy Market Research Podcast is Adriana with EC Global. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks. Uh, actually, um, I'm really happy uh, to be here. <laughs> I love today, that. Today, and um, my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. So we are live at IIEX. There's a lot of activity going on everywhere. It's a little bit chaotic. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the show so far? Well, IX for me is always a great show, you know, to meet new people, you know, uh, find about new players in the industry, see what's going on, uh, and also catch up with some great presentations as well. So yeah, thus far, I think it's a really good, good conference thus far. Mm -hmm. So we are doing a unique interview. Normally I do these like bite-sized snippets, but I've been wanting, I've been really excited about EC Global as an organization. Which, by the way, in all full disclosure, is not a sponsor of the show or anything like that. I mean, I've just been watching what you guys have been doing in Latin America, and I feel like it's it's a really germane and relevant to uh, a need that I've been seeing surface inside of market research in general. So I've wanted to do a long form um, interview with you, which is what we're going to do today. So it's going to be a slightly different than kind of the other ones that I've done connected to. Uh, IIEX or any other trade show for that matter. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get started with our trademark question. Tell me a little bit about your parents. What do they do and how does that, how did that impact uh, your career in market research? Yeah, so uh, my father, he's a doctor and he's uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, he founded uh, one, of, one of the first uh, children's hospital uh, in the city that we lived almost 50 years ago. And, and, and that, you know, um, hospital has become um, uh, a, a reference in terms of uh, pediatrician medical services um, you know there in Brazil and it's very inspiring for me not just because of his success as an entrepreneur but also because of the his passion you know for what he what he does and also about the mission uh, having a greater purpose for being an entrepreneur helping saving lives and, and kids so it's definitely uh, you know has influenced it. Uh, to who I am and what I what I do as yeah, well as an entrepreneur. What about your mom? Uh, well, my mom, um, she uh, is also an entrepreneur. She also had some um, retailer, uh, you know, um, some store closing and and fashion store. So yeah, so I in my family, you know, uh, we have uh, uh, the, this the bug of entrepreneurship. Correct. Yes. Yes. So yes. how in the world did you wind up in market research? Well, that's a good question. So uh, I am a computer engineer, and I um, before working with market research, I used to work with ad agencies uh, building technology platforms for. 
um, helping you know media companies um, using data to improve their uh, media planning. So I've always been in the intersection of technology and data and how to use data to generate you know, intelligence and knowledge and help uh, for better business decision. And I ended up with market research because uh, by 2000, GMI, one of the first technology startups by that time, building Founder survey and platforms. CEO Rob Monster. With Rob Monster, yeah, actually. Um, they invited me uh, to open their business in Brazil. Um, imagine that by that time, internet penetration in Latin America was almost nothing, you know. And it was a kind of a challenge. And to tell the truth, um, I left a very high level position by the time as a technology director in a large company in Brazil, just because of the challenge. Um, so the challenge of starting a new business, you know, in this new space and traveling around the world because I, I had to travel to Budapest where GMI used to develop the software there and starting having this, you know, more international experience was really the, my biggest uh, motivation to join GMI and to come into the market research industry. So as I started working uh, there, with my technology background and software development you know, skills, I started helping them to build a global panel management system and you know, helping to also improve the survey platform. So that's how I, I started working with market research. And then after a few years working for GMI, I decided to start my own company. Uh, it was by 2003 when we started with EC Metrics. Uh, it was um, a small boutique uh, with a strong technology background, wanting to develop some proprietary technologies for managing communities, collecting data in a different way, using mobile device. We have been always ahead of the, I would say, the curve, the adoption curve of new technology in the market. So by 2005, we built what will be probably one of the first um, social networks. Uh, we were integrating gamification, online communities, um, forums, ways of people to collaborate and asking questions between them. So we believe that the better way uh, to understand consumers would be empowering them, giving them the platform in the environment where they could exchange, uh, you know, experience, where they could talk with each other. We will be listening and generating insights and asking questions just when needed. That was by 2005. Yeah, I mean, it's super early. It's interesting how you'll see people that, like Rob Monster actually is, nobody knows who, you and I know who Rob Monster is, and maybe six other people that listen to the podcast. Yeah. But he actually had a really interesting um, uh, vision, which is funny, 20 years later, is actually coming about yes. where you have a, uh, the data, he referred to it as a data ecosystem, mm -hmm. where you had, and I'm, I know I'm not really necessarily telling you anything you don't know, but um, and the idea was you'd be able to follow a, a, a piece of data, an answer, like through the whole process and ultimately tie back even at the respondent record, existing data known on them and, and all this sort of thing. And, and he was very successful in selling that into companies like Microsoft and other large firms. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the challenges that that company experienced was rapid growth through M&A and international expansion. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's funny because I really think that that was probably the one thing that undid GMI from a leader position is they just didn't focus enough on owning a specific market and then just tried to bite off too much too fast. Yeah, right. I, I mean, agree with you. Yeah. 
the vision was there almost 20 years ago. Yeah. And working with GMI for six years was the best school that I could have, you know, and I work it with Rob, you know, Rob, uh, you know, on daily basis. And uh, so it was really a great inspiration in yeah. the school for me. Yeah, I have a ton of respect for him, honestly. Like, as a visionary leader, there's probably only a handful in our industry that have ever fit that mold. Yeah. He was very much the Steve Jobs of the space. You know, the problem, of course, is it's hard to scale that type of business mm -hmm. unless you have a ton of capital. And in those days, market research was still not in this like heavily capitalized, uh, you know, uh, space. So it was really hard to do. And, you know, Toluna experienced the same thing. Mm -hmm. Frederick Petit at uh, Toluna had a very similar experience where it was really hard for him to be able to raise capital in those, you know, post 2001 dot com bust days. So, um, yeah, you know, anyway, so it's neat to see you kind of having that long. So you've seen all the transition that has happened in the market research space over mm -hmm. almost two decades now. Yes. Now you look forward, where are you seeing it's going? Where's it, where's it, where are we headed? What are we headed towards? Well, um, I think that uh, market research is nowadays part of a greater industry that we call, we can call the data insights or, you know, business intelligence or big data. Uh, so I think that um, we can see our industry evolving as a data industry. And, but at the same time, as we see more and more technology being adopted, automation, artificial intelligence, because all industries, regardless of being market research or any other, will be adopting right. yeah, uh, you know, um, automation and artificial intelligence. But I think that uh, I still see the industry really position itself as the... Um, you know, as the people who can really understand people. Because at the end of the day, the data that we collect is about understanding people. And sometimes we don't find the answers uh, just with, you know, pure data or what machine can, you know, uh, understand using algorithms. So the inspiration, you know, the feeling, uh, you know, the, the skills that just the human beings have to see the big picture, connecting the dots, and also using some gut feeling as well to inspire clients. I think that's where um, I think that market research should head because data and technology will be commodity. It's Absolutely. So everybody will have access to that. Yeah, right? we only have, I really believe this, we only have one unique, and I say this all the time, uh, one piece of IP or something that protects us, and that is a relationship with a customer. And and the only way that ex persists is if you consistently add value, and that value is not just in the framework of technology. It's about helping them helping them contextualize the insights and then activate those insights inside of their organization. Exactly. The clients love, you know, brilliant minds. They love to work with people that can inspire them. Exactly. And, and I think that nowadays, you know, working with some large clients, some of the biggest brands in the world, uh, I think that's one of the biggest value that we add is, is really uh, inspiring them. So last night was the WIRE event, which is the Women in Research mm -hmm. event. Are you part of that organization at uh, all? Or? Actually, yes. And I, um, I participated in one of the first WIRE events maybe three or four years ago. So I really appreciate and I think it's a really great initiative to put together this community of women, you know, that uh, is part of this great, you know, greater industry. So, yes, um, yeah, I'm part of the community and, uh, and I'm lucky, you know, I think, that um, to be part of that. Have mm -hmm. you tried any of the, men the mentorship plan that they have? Or uh, actually, not yet. No? No. That's a really interesting... So... The reason I bring it up is you've been, you're obviously a woman and you've been involved in leadership positions inside of the industry for almost 
for a while, right? I mean, for at least 19 years. Um, and that has a unique set of challenges that in and of itself, and my, my go-to example is something that actually happened to me at this conference on Monday night. Uh, I went to dinner, it was three guys and a girl, and a woman, and, um, and I was like, oh, you know, it just felt normal. It'd be like you and you know, me and Steve August and somebody else, right? Forrest going for a dinner. And it was just like totally normal. And then I started reflecting on the fact that I used to go to the Wire events right when they first started, and I actually stopped going because I felt so uncomfortable being the only or one of the only men in the room. And then all of a sudden, it, it was funny how it just flipped on me. And I'm like, gosh, and Julie, she's sitting at the table right now. She's with a company called CMB. And I'm thinking to myself, she's the only woman right now sitting at this table and just like, mm -hmm. no problem at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's something that is funny because uh, since I am a computer engineer and, you know, I... I'm not saying my age, but I, I am probably one of the first engineers, you know, uh, almost 30 years, more than, yeah, 30 years ago, a little bit. So well, you're 33, so you started really yeah, young. Yeah, so as I started working with computer engineer and, uh, you know, as I finished college, I quickly started working with leading uh, 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 teams, you know, technology teams and engineers. Oh, man, I was, you know, the, the, man, the technology manager. Yes. I was technology manager and then the technology director and even all all men, maybe 90% of men <laughs> all of the time. And sometimes I was the youngest one. Right. So right. I've always, I, I never had that issue, you know, uh, but um, yeah, I think that's something very unique for my profile maybe. <laughs> so EC Global, you've done a lot of projects. Tell me about one that you've done that you're really proud of and memorable. Well, um, I think that um, there are a couple of projects that I'm really proud of being part with. I can mention two uh, quickly uh, that because um, what I love about this project is that um, we have created impact and real results for our clients. And at the same time, these clients uh, have helped the global to grow. So we've been improving our technology, our platform and growing with these clients and at the same time helping them, you know, to achieve real results. So one example is HBO. So HBO um, has been a customer for more than five years and they had a problem an issue some years ago because they had a, a panel, a retired panel with very low response rates, you know, uh, and the panel was almost dying and they came to us with a challenge. How can we grow this panel, how we can improve engagement, how we can create a similar brand experience that HBO fans and HBO customers have with the brand in other platforms. How can we create a new and engaging experience for people when participate in research uh, promoted by HBO, they have the same brand experience. So it was a perfect fit for us because we were looking for clients that would value, you know, having, uh, you know, a social experience, creating, creating engagement and, you know, enabling the users to talk to them at any time. So uh, we've helped HBO to grow their custom panel from 2,000 members uh, to almost 50,000 members nowadays in all Latin America. And nowadays, this platform, this platform has become an important um, you know, ongoing tool for generating, you know, uh, daily insights and uh, inspiration for their programming teams, for their marketing team. So HBO is definitely a, a case study I'm really proud of, you know, uh, being part with. And I like to mention as well Itaú Bank in Brazil, largest Brazilian bank. And we, we've helped Itaú to build custom communities. And that is helping the bank to apply agile market research and quickly innovate, develop new products. They have reduced it from five weeks to one to five days 
the whole life cycle of a market research project, and we have helped them to implement, uh, you know, agile research process, implementing sprints and collaboration. You know, so that's another, you know, uh, great project that we've been helping uh, customer, that's and with really real cool. business results. So, um, with let's just focus in on HBO. First of all, you're a fan of Game of Thrones. Yes, yes, for sure. <laughs> Working for so long with, with HBO. Actually, every time that we have a new season of Game of Thrones, the community like blows up. Blows huh? up. Sometimes we develop some cool uh, social media stuff to invite people to get to receive, for example, a badge to become a Game of Thrones expert, for example. Oh, nice! And you know, we receive like thousands of new members in one weekend because they want to receive the badge. Oh, that's so and clever! So yeah, I love that. So, so it's uh yeah it's a great experience just you know uh to have actually we just launched the hbo go community as well oh that's awesome yeah uh and and it's integrated with their you know their own crm platform yep so it's by invitation you know so hbo go users you know participate in the community and we've developed some mobile technology as well uh you know to integrate with them so it's a uh, it's growing. Actually, it's a customer that we've been working with for more than five years, and it's still growing the relationship. It's still a lot, a lot of things to Yeah, you keep adding value together. in this space, and you will always reap the benefit of it. It's just yeah. a unique, you know, it's about the relationships. And, if, and right. if you can prove the ROI and empower that researcher, they can't wait to spend money with you. It's really yeah, true. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about the biggest market research challenge that you guys have. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, as, as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, uh, you know, of our, um, you know, of our talk, um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges for the industry is really how we can turn data into knowledge, into insights and inspiration. How we can uh, make sense of all of the data streams that we have nowadays. Because I think that one of the main challenges what we do with all of this information. Because you know, uh, once technology, you know, is easy to access. Once we can access even the consumers. Right. Uh, years ago, the market research companies who could control uh, the data collection process—that was the main differentiation. Differentiation, right. right? Nowadays, the data collection process is just easy to anyone. Anyone can do it. So, how can we continue adding value? Yep. You know, it's about how we can turn data into knowledge and insights and inspiring clients. I think that's the the biggest challenge. And how can we scale that? Right. Right. Totally. How we can do that in a scalable way? Yeah. So. It's a combination of technology. We say uh, artificial intelligence with human, you know, uh, intelligence. That's, uh, I think, is the main challenge. So you've got a lot of employees. I'm some sorry. Employee, you have some employees. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. They've yes. been growing over the years. You've been growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, as you think about that, like two decades of leadership, mm -hmm. one of the things that's evolved is the importance of focusing on the team and building a good team. You know, we treat our employees a lot different than we were treated right before. I mean, it's just a very different world right now. And it should be, by the way. Um, uh, I know you believe that and I certainly do. Uh, in that, in that, in this new paradigm, what are three characteristics of an all-star employee? Yeah, so I would say that um, first characteristic would be uh, employees who really fit with the culture of the company and embrace it. Mm -hmm. uh, so once they embrace the culture and they fit with it, I would say that the next uh, would be um, the ones that really act. As the owners, so they are effortless. They are committed with results. You know, they embrace the mission of the company, and then um, so I think it's really important um, 
that we have these two uh, characteristics. And the other one, I think, is to have to be open-minded and collaborate in a team environment. I think if we have this combination uh, of skills and characteristics, I think that um, will define, you know, what would be our best employees and people that are really motivated and engaged with our business. And, you know, collaborative is an interesting core value because it really speaks to the importance of team. Yes. You've got to have a team, right? It's, um, it's a team mentality. It's not about me. It's about us. It's all about team uh, mm -hmm. work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this collaborative mentality and, you know, uh, working on to accomplish results, not just in individual levels, but as a team and as a, you know, a group. Um, so it's um, it's a it's a winning formula. So Insights Nation, if you're paying attention still, this is a really important part of the conversation. You've got to embrace the culture when you show up. You've got to make sure that you have an owner mentality and are bought into the mission of the organization and that you're open-minded and willing to collaborate as opposed to more of the lone wolf mentality uh, that I see persist occasionally, especially among high-performing people. They can sometimes decide to alienate themselves and it will wind up being their loss um, long-term. And it's, you know, I just want to, it's not just for the people that are starting their career, but it's also for the executives that are setting the tone for the organization that it's really important there's clarity so that people in terms of what you care about and what's important for the organization uh, so that people at the beginning can decide yeah this is a good fit for me or it's not a good fit and if it's not a good fit they feel that friction on day one so exactly. that they can exit the organization in a healthy positive way for both yeah. parties and it's also being a learning curve for us on how in the recruitment phase how we can attract the talent that fits with our culture totally. and that have all of these characters. So yeah, it's, um, it's really important. So what is your personal motto? I will say that live the life of your dreams and just seize the day, live each day doing your best. Um, and just, uh, you know, um, believe in your dreams and go for it. That's my, my motto for sure. <laughs> Seize the day. So, um, Meryl Dubrow was on the show. I don't know if you, did you hear his episode with me? Oh, no. You I ought to absolutely listen to it on the flight home. Um, it was probably one of my favorite episodes. He dropped like knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb. And he had this point. He goes, Jamin, every day at work is one, is one half of a percent of your total productivity for the year. You figure there's mm -hmm. 200 days in a year. Monday, half a percent of your productivity. Tuesday, you've just hit 1% of your productivity. Wednesday, 1.5. We're all, I mean, we all see what's happening. 2.5% of your productivity is gone in five days. So you really need to be purposeful about where you're placing your bets and mm -hmm. you put your time focus in that specific spot. Otherwise, you run the risk of being ineffective and losing velocity in your everyday life to yeah. move your towards your goals. Correct. Yes, definitely. And nowadays with all of the distractions oh. that are over there, it's, it's really terrifying. very important. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. My guest today has been Adriana with EC Global. If someone wants to get in contact with you, how would they do that? Uh, well, you can find me um, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, email Adriana underline Russia at ecglobal.com. And so I think that's the best three ways to quickly Rich yeah, yeah sure. now have you been participating in our MRX chats so you so MRX chat mm -hmm. it's on my website MR uh, happy MR.com check right. it out All right. it's a live Twitter event I do in conjunction with Jake Prislak 
uh, the research mm -hmm. geek on Twitter, super pop. He's the number one guy on Twitter for MRX, mm -hmm. Turkey. I'm number six. I'm going to beat him, though. Just kidding. <laughs> I, I do anything I can to support him. So he and I put on a, um, um, a live event for one hour once a month. And it's a great way to connect with a lot of buyers okay. and agencies that in the market research space talking about like thought leadership and change and trends mm -hmm. in the market research space and things like that. So uh, it's on the again, it's on the website, happymr.com slash MRX chat. Just check it out. I'll definitely link, check it out. Whatever. Yeah, it's a great mm -hmm. way to connect with a ton of other market researchers. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Adriana, thanks for being on the Happy Market Research Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, um, for the time and for the opportunity. It's lovely to be here. Oh, today. it's great having you. And uh, all of you who have been tuning in, please take the time, screen capture this episode, post it on social media. As always, subscribe. Your ratings to this show on the platform of choice means that other people like you can find it more easily. I greatly appreciate you taking that two minutes out of your day to uh, just acknowledge the value of our guests that they have brought uh, to the show and to you personally. It's would be tremendously appreciated by me. Thank you so much. Have a great day.